Alright, hello and welcome to back to another episode of the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. I'm Dustin Dubuque. I'm John Hanson. We're here sitting in our hopefully last store snowstorm of the year for Wisconsin, but I think we have to lead off with the Joker trailer, since Joker has been a topic of conversation on this podcast of what we were expecting yeah. from it, and the trailer dropped right after you recorded our last we just, episode. Yeah, we just missed it, so we're coming about a week late with it, but um, still uh, still probably very fresh in a lot of people's minds, and um, I've, you know, when they announced this movie, I talked about how I, I thought it was a cash grab. I thought Todd Phillips wasn't a great choice for writing and directing this film based on the other works he's done. After seeing this trailer, I got to say, uh, I've done a 180 on it. Uh, they've got me very excited. It looks like, um, what, what looks really exciting about it for me, I've, I've talked before about how comic book characters to me are at their best when they feel relatable and real world. And they feel like they are reflecting ideas that we can recognize and relate to and this joker trailer it doesn't look like something out of batman as much as it looks like something out of our real world right this is a story of a guy who is suffering from the effects of society and it's pushing him down this path and it looks like a really interesting film even if it wasn't called joker even if it had nothing to do yeah with batman, right right it just looks like an interesting film sure so i'm excited for it I'm wearing my Joker t-shirt today. <laughs> Is that in honor? In honor. Yes. I'm very excited. Yeah, I am too. I was excited anyway with Joaquin Phoenix, and I was hoping that just by, like, remember, I remember when we talked about the stills and stuff, when it was just, like, the makeup just smeared it, like, he just smeared it on himself. Now it makes total sense why. Yeah. I mean, he just did it in the mirror, and because he's kind of a mm-hmm. beat-up soul and stuff. But yeah, it didn't need to be called Joker. It probably could have been its own movie, but it'll make a lot more money being called Joker. I, yeah. I mean... But yeah. it's interesting, and and you know the other cool part is is it was even though it's uh, origin, it's and it was called Joker and stuff. It, it was just Joker, like you, there was no nothing else. They do reference Gotham a little bit, a little bit, and uh, Thomas Wayne I think is is shown in the trailer, and there's a there's a scene too where the Joker is reaching through a gated fence, and um, I think he holds a little boy's mouth into a smile. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming that could be Bruce Wayne. Okay. I don't know. But um, I kind of like the symbolism there that Bruce Wayne is, you know, from the wealthy. And sure. he's, he's from the sense. poor. And he's reaching through this gate right. to, to be able to touch him or whatever. Um, it, it looks great. It looks like uh, a really interesting take on the Joker character. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. I hope the trailer, I hope the movie lives up to the expectations that the trailer has created. Yeah. Because uh, I know I've been burned before by trailers <laughs> never uh, i'm looking at you iron man 3 <laughs> um but if the movie is as good as this trailer is presenting i think it could be a very good film well, yeah and i love fucking phoenix and the other part i love too is again i don't know Laura as much as you did was you know puts this one, but he's also forcing the smile on his face you know yeah it's like grabbing his lips and like doing it right because like he doesn't smile because his life sucks kind of type symbolism there it's like he might smile like a normal person, but he doesn't get like the, the Joker 
clowning smile. So he's like forcing it in the mirror. So I'm like, that's cool. The, the opening line, the opening line of the trailer is him narrating. He says, my mother always told me to put a smile on my face. Right. And I think kind of what they're going for with this is this idea that people in society will oftentimes try to pretend they're happy or look happy when really there's other things going on inside. Sure. And this is kind of an examination of somebody who's experiencing just that. Yeah. So, I think it's a, what was the release date again? Do you remember? Uh, October. Is that a, Yeah. I thought it was in the fall sometime. Mm -hmm. Not soon enough. Not soon enough. Um, and then this is a side tangent. This is just going up. It would be released. I forgot to bring it up last week when I went and saw, um, uh, I've forgotten last week or two. I finally saw the trailer for the new Tarantino movie because I didn't need to see it, but it was before a movie. So I saw it. Mm -hmm. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I was surprised it's getting released in July. Okay. Interesting. Tarantino's movies always come out award season. Always. At the end of the year, like December. Mm -hmm. So I was like, ooh, I don't have to wait that long. Because I was expecting I was going to have to wait until December. Yeah. So I got excited when I saw the, the July release date. I was like, all right, I'll live with it. Um, yeah, well, I guess staying a little bit on the uh, superhero type stuff is The Rock's finally out talking about being Black Adam now. And that film yeah. is supposed to be starting up, and he's ready. <laughs> yeah, so... And I know, do not know anything about Black Adam, so... So Black Adam is uh, <clears throat> the the villain from Shazam, and we're going to talk about Shazam today. Um, Black Adam is his arch nemesis. And um, they originally, from my understanding, this is what I've heard, uh... The Rock was originally supposed to play Black Adam in the Shazam movie that just came out. But they decided that there would be too much going on to do two origin stories in one movie. So they decided they were going to give him his own movie. And that's, I guess, been kind of up in the air as far as, you know, what they're going to do for that or how that's going to work. Sure. But that seems to be the plan. Um, I was half expecting, like, a post credit scene at the end of Shazam, sure. where they would kind of allude to Black Adam, just to kind of set it up a little bit, so that if they do come out with a Black Adam movie, we're not just completely surprised, like, who is this new character who looks a lot like Shazam? Um, there's no reference to him in the movie. You know, and you know, who knows when the movie was finished, but, I, I mean, they've been talking about Black Adam and The Rock for, you know, a while. Ten years, I think it was. Yeah, but it's, who that, knows when that... That's, who, what they, they, that, that's how they... They say it's been in development for 10 years. Sure. So. so who knows how, when they actually signed that dotted line. I mean, The Rock, in, in the little bit of interview I read, said that they're just playing the shooting dates right now. So could have been, could have not been finalized by Shazam's, you know, finished filming and all that stuff, maybe. But, yeah. I think a, a better way to go, instead of giving him his own movie, would be to just do a Shazam 2 and just bring him in as the villain. Shh. You know what they do? They see it's The Rock. The Rock. That's what it is. They want to give him his own movie because they get this big star attached. Of course. I think it's going to confuse people. I don't know. We'll see how they do it, but... I think so, too. You know, it's not like Shazam's the, you know, the most famous, popular superhero. And, you know, even with... And, again, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but I didn't get to see Shazam. You know, even with the, you know, the pretty good rollout this week and, you know, he's been around on, you know, social media and trailers and stuff on TV and stuff. How many people still... Even, you know, are attaching themselves to it. You know, I bet there's, there's probably a lot of people that's in there like, oh, I don't know that guy. So, you know, kind of Guardians, how it fell in back in the day. You know, we don't know these people. I think he might fall into that. So when you 
mm-hmm. maybe they'll try to sell. Even though I think Shazam did well this last couple of weeks, but uh, you know, it's easier to sell, I guess, when the Rock's involved. When he's like, you know, the Rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. Is they they got the Rock attached, so they want to give him his own movie. I just I don't know how that's going to work. So we'll just see what they come up with. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're doing the Godzilla King Kong thing. <laughs> don't put them in the same movie for a couple movies and then throw them together. I am looking forward to that one, though. <laughs> Is Rock playing King Kong? I mean, same thing, right? <laughs> I mean, it depends on which movie you see The Rock in, but his muscles can fluctuate yeah. <laughs> about as illegally as possible, but that's all right. Um, so I guess a couple of things. Did you see, and this is just funny because of how people market things now, um, did you see some of the stuff off the big Lion King reveal yesterday? I think, no. they, I think they dropped a trailer. I didn't watch it. Don't need to. But the one thing I was seeing was they were taking scenes from the original Lion King mm-hmm. and then showing the, the new in the same trailer, same in the same scenes, like identical. And then I'm like, so the, the trailer is like a montage of. I don't. I didn't watch the trailer, but I know oh. I'm saying there's probably parts in the trailer where they're showing that because then the screenshots come out of you know the original and then right below it is identical. Mm-hmm. And then my first thought was, I'm like, that is not how you sell a movie. So I, I so, watch a. Re- I don't want to. So what they're this. telling us is we don't need to pay to see it again, right? We've already really, seen it. What I've gotten out of it was. Here's the same movie, fun, and then, man, does it look good. We know it looks good. You're Disney. You have enough money to to make it look as good as possible. But that's the sell. I mean, Jungle Book had that sell kind of, you know, when it came out. They're like, look at how good it looks. Mm-hmm. This one, they're going, look at how good it looks. Because I, I saw the screenshot of, like, uh, Mufasa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like a real lion. Uh, that's what they're selling you. Oh, we're giving you Lion King's the same movie. Look at how good the CGI is. And now I'm just like, oh, I want to watch it. It'll still make $100 billion. Easy to take kids to, like yeah. always. Oh, yeah. Parents still love to show their kids the VHSs of Lion King. It's good. It'll, it'll but do well, I'm It's sure. still, it was just like, uh, the marketing was just, I was just like, come on. Yeah. Just, just sad. Well, that's probably the first teaser or whatever, but they'll come up with a new one. Where they show you the story or whatever, but sure, sure. But yeah, I, <clears throat> that's one I'm not really hyped on. It'd be I fine. I don't need to see it. Sure, I'll probably watch it when it comes out. I don't need to like, pay money. No, to see it. You already did. Yeah, right, and I loved it when I was five. Yeah. Kuna Matata, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other really interesting story I thought, and this is just uh, theater going stuff. So IMAX is set to open up a, a movie theater, uh, a screen in Germany that's 38 meters by 22 meters long, and it's bigger than a Boeing 757 jet. All right, put it in English for us. It's bigger than a Boeing 37... How many feet is this? Jeez. Well, meters, how many feet are in a meter? Three, I don't know. Is it like three feet, give or take? So 100 feet by 65 feet? That's not bigger than a Boeing. So it says. 100 feet? Well, I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm a history 100 person. feet is bigger than a Boeing. 30 yards. 30, 33 yards. 38 meters. Oh, I'm thinking yards when I'm doing mine, am I? Oh, you're doing, yeah. You're I'm doing, doing meters. 34 meters. How many feet are in a so, meter? There's 1.4 feet in a meter. So how many feet? How many meters? 
38 is what it said. I'm, just, I'm assuming they're not going length of the, they're probably doing width of from like wing so 40 feet with screen 40 50 feet no the screens probably about a hundred feet tall and probably about 60 feet wide maybe more <laughs> it's taller than it is wide so oh I meant well, sorry I got that backwards <laughs> wide so about a hundred feet wide a hundred feet wide <clears throat> So, so let me get this straight. So now I got to sit three times as far away to be able to see. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. That was really what where I was going with this was I went to an IMAX screening, which was the first time in years, like a year ago. And I was like, who needs a screen this big? I, I had to sit. I sat in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I was still way too close to that screen. Uh, I was like, screens, I get it. It's fun to see a movie like on this ridiculous screen. Well, we got like drive-in theaters. Right. right. But who knows how far away you can... I mean, they need the screen to be that big because... Yeah. Who knows where you're going to park. But, I mean, this, this screen in Germany, you, you're not going to sit in the front row. What if you did? You miss half the movie. <laughs> I, sat in, I sat in a theater in Minnesota that had a pretty big screen. Pretty big, decent-sized one. And I... It was for Hateful Eight. The, I'd see it twice in the theater because the first time I went, there was two seats left. And it was the front two in the middle. And me and my buddy were like, well, we're here. Let's just do it. I had to turn my head as I was watching that. And this is Hateful Eight. Not much is going on. They're just kind of talking in a room. So when you, when you like think of, you know, Mission Impossible or Fast and the Furious on these things, you, I mean, an IMAX screen, I mean, I get the seating's huge and it sits up high. Half that theater, who would sit in it? Because the screens are so big. Yeah, and I bet you lose some of the picture quality too. Have to. Because the, film i mean there's only i mean it's film but there's still only so much information. unless you're going full as like hd digital as you can get i imagine that as you blow the picture up bigger and bigger it's gonna look there's gonna be fuzzy has to areas be. right so it's it, it, total gimmick what's the point of this that's that's your point yeah total gimmick and you make a good point about the drive i mean who actually has a drive-in anymore um, that can actually get to one. Mm. Um, I mean, what ours is an hour away. Yeah. Um, and we're probably pretty, we're probably pretty close, but I always thought that about driving. So matter, you know, you first drive in and the screen, you're like, Oh, then you're five rows back. You're like, that's oh, not, not as big as I, right. as I, as I wished it was. And nobody wants to park in the front. Cause that's where they put the playground every time. 80 kids running around there. And like, no, nah, I don't want, I want any part of that. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a gimmick. I mean, totally a screen, is. I've never complained about a movie theater screen unless it was super tiny. You know, they're big enough. Right. You can see the whole screen. And you know what I complain about more in a movie theater is the sound. Yeah. The theater, the one in the oh, um, city of Eau Claire that we live pretty close by has a theater in its mall. When was the last time you saw a movie there? Uh, Aquaman. Yeah. The, the sound's always really low. Mm-hmm. I've went twice in the last couple months, you know, and because uh, their show times are actually, I think the best part of it. Other than that, um, I don't like the theater. It's never loud, mm-hmm. and I thought that last two times, like, turn the mute, turn the volume up here. Like, that's my number one. Yeah. So I can live with the screen. The screen's going to be bigger than my home screen, no matter really almost where I go. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. When's the last time you saw an IMAX movie? Um, it's been a while. I mean, I know I saw, <clears throat> I know I saw Dark Knight, and I saw Three Hundred and IMAX. So it's been a while. Probably, yeah. Those are cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think 
think screens are big enough. I don't think they need to outdo that. Right. It just feels like overkill. Yeah, they're just trying to. And how much can they charge you to see this movie in this huge screen? I wouldn't pay any extra. No, I wouldn't either. But I'm sure tickets probably. And if they're if they're trying to fit more people in, just do it on two screens. Right. Just have two screens going. You know. Well, that's the other part about IMAX theaters. Like the last time I went, when I when I went and saw that IMAX movie, there was like seven of us in there, and you know there's mm-hmm. hundreds of seats. It almost feels worse. Mm-hmm. You know, you got this huge screen, but you're in the emptiest room. <laughs> I'm just like, there's nobody here. It's, it's actually worse in here because there's nobody in here to even make it feel full. Now I'm in this like chasm of emptiness and then there's a huge screen in front of me. So it's funny. Yeah. It's going to be weird if you're the only guy there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I felt weird. I did. So, yeah. all right. Well, I mean, you talked about it a little bit before I didn't get a chance to see Shazam. Unfortunately, I wanted to, but life got in the way. John did, so I think we're gonna let him. Uh, we're gonna let him talk, talk about it. Apparently, Dustin feels his life is more important than the podcast. <laughs> John did tell me I should quit my day job. Yes. Uh, so I can uh, make sure I see the the movies for the podcast if so. it comes down to it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I did see Shazam, and I was looking forward to it. I am familiar with the the character, and I was excited to see him get get uh, get his own movie. And it looked fun. It looked funny. And uh, if you don't know much about the character, he was originally published by a company called Fawcett Publications back in the 40s, I'd say. And came out as kind of a ripoff of Superman. But the idea with this one is that this young boy, when he says the magic word, he can turn into Shazam. So, um, you know, back in the 40s, a lot of the most, pretty much all the comic book readers were young, young boys. So, the idea that they were reading this story that if you said the magic word, you could basically turn into Superman was an exciting idea. And <coughs> they, the, the character at back in the forties was actually more popular than Superman outsold the comic and had his own TV show. It was a big, big deal. Very popular with kids. And was it because he was like, he started as a kid. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that, that appealed to the children. Sure. That, that was the idea. You know, they took the, they took the Superman character and said, what if you had a little boy who could basically turn into Superman? That was their concept. So um, it, it worked. It was popular. And I, I know it's hard to imagine a superhero more popular than Superman, but back in his in, in his days, Shazam was. Sure. Uh, DC then sued Fawcett and basically bankrupted the company, and um, they were no longer able to print the character because they, they lost this lawsuit for copyright infringement on the Superman character. And eventually, the character went into public domain, and now DC has the character. That's kind of the sure. kind of the um, the general idea with this character. Um, so the movie, uh, I gotta say, it's it's a very good movie, very good presentation of, of the Shazam character. They did they they really drew from the comics pretty heavily. A lot of the characters, I was surprised to see uh, Savannah as the villain in this, who was who was the old man from the original stuff back in the forties. Um, you know, they don't really show any of that in the advertisement. So I didn't know who the villain was going in, but it was Savannah, which if you know, the old comics, he's the original, the original bad guy. He was like this old, this old guy, skinny old bald man that wanted to conquer the world. Basically just kind of your classic, yeah, classic forties. Supervillain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they kind of, they kind of modernize him. They got Mark Strong playing him. Oh, okay. He yeah. did. He did a great job doing his take on Savannah. 
And, um, I mean, there's other characters from the comic. I won't spoil all of it, but they did, they, they draw very, very much from the comic and did a, a very faithful adaptation. I think they also made a movie that will be very enjoyed by people that don't know the character. If you're just going in fresh, you're not familiar with who he is. I think it's a great introduction of the character. It is very funny. A lot of good humor in it. Um, I thought Zachary Levi as Shazam was terrific. I really felt like he was playing the same character that the young boy was playing. It didn't feel like two different characters. It still felt like the boy as a super Yeah, it, fe it felt like he was playing that boy transformed. You know, sure. I imagine that Zachary Levi probably spent a lot of time with that kid and learned his mannerisms and his you know, speech pattern and stuff like that because it really felt like he embodied that same character. So when he transformed, you didn't feel like it was just this other actor stepping into the scene, you know? Um, a lot of good humor came from it, you know, because he is basically a young boy in a Superman body. So he's kind of getting used to that for the first time. Sure. Um, just a lot of good stuff. Uh, very enjoyable from beginning to end. It had a, a really kind of a classic feel to it. Like it kind of reminded me of some of the films that came out in like the nineties. Okay. The, the costume that he wears, it looks absurd. And when I first saw the pictures of it on the internet, like months ago before the movie came out, I remember thinking the costume looked ridiculous, but when you watch the movie, he is, it, it kind of in a way is like a send up of Superman. I mean, he is supposed to basically be, uh, how should I put it? Like the, the, the kids in this movie are familiar with Superman. They reference Superman and Batman. They know these characters. They have memorabilia of these characters. So when he becomes Shazam, it, it's not like, what is this new superhero thing? They're going, Hey man, you look like Superman, you know? So the costume is, sure. is kind of a send up of the Superman costume. It's like an over the top, very comic booky look, which really worked for this movie. Okay. Just everything about it for me worked. I thought it was great. A lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it again, actually. Yeah. I, I can't re recommend it highly enough. It's good. That's good. Cause I mean, that's how they're selling it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun. It's like a fun superhero to movie to go watch. It is. Does it, uh, and not to spoil any ending, but does it have your typical superhero movie ending with the uh, fight scene, or is it a little different? Well, I mean, of course, there's the climactic battle, good, you know, good sure. versus evil. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not, the, the storyline's not too surprising, I guess. Yeah. But the characters are fun, and the humor and stuff in the movie is fun. Um, that, see, that's what I've gotten out of what I've seen so far of it is like they know that they have a kind of a pretty basic storyline here because of probably I'm sure age is part of it, and that, that's, that's I'm good that I'm glad that that's how you that that's your recommendation because that's how that's how I read it. It's mm -hmm. they they have this character pretty straightforward. You get it, and the story they're going to tell is pretty straightforward, but they're going to keep it light. They're going to keep it fun. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting, and that's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it good. They did do good, yeah. Good, and that's good. That's what I wanted to hear, because that seems like what they're selling to me, and that's what I'm going in, what I'd be going in to see, and if they're selling it well. And overall, the uh, response has been good. I think everybody's enjoyed it. The critics and audiences, one of the ones movies that they actually seem like they're agreeing upon is yeah. everyone's just having a good time. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, last time I checked, it was above 90% for both audiences and critics. That's good. And you don't see that too often, but no. it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. It's just really good. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. excited. I'll, uh, not sure I'll, I'll get it, but once I, once I get around to it, I'll have to mention it. So 
Um, that's why, yeah, John's very high recommendation for Shazam. But the one movie I think this week that we both did see was The Highwayman. Yeah, the Netflix Netflix, Netflix original. This um, is the movie a couple months ago we talked about quick because when we were kind of complaining about Netflix, we saw that Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson were in a movie together, but we didn't know what it was about at all because we. Didn't. I think we talked off air on that. Did we? I think. Well, so. we were talking off. Oh yeah, maybe it was off air, but we were kind of talk, we were kind of complaining about Netflix a bit. And I mentioned, oh, yeah, this movie coming out, and it's literally being sold as Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner in a movie. Yeah. And it took me until what maybe the week and a half before to under, even know what the story was because that only thing I knew was <laughs> these two actors were in it. And then John and I were kind of complaining that that seems like Netflix and Mo, but well, yeah, it's it's a film set against the backdrop of the whole Bonnie and Clyde thing back in like the forties. Yep. And Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson play these Texas Rangers who are brought out of retirement to basically hunt down and put an end to Bonnie and Clyde because they've been just causing all kinds of trouble, robbing banks, murdering people. Um, just horrible people. So they, these Texas Rangers had actually been outlawed. They they kind of like discontinued the program. And um, uh, what's her name? Kathy. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates is desperate enough. That, yeah, I think she's like the governor, right? Yeah, something. something like that. And she's desperate enough that she basically brings these guys out. Yeah, because at this point, Bonnie and Clyde have killed multiple police officers. Yeah. Apparently, every police officer that they see, that tra- they just gun them down. And Bonnie and Clyde, and, you know, we're not trying to give you the story of Bonnie and Clyde because you should see that movie because it's yeah. the original because it's good. Um, at this point, and they're people part started... Of pop culture. They are. Everyone knows right. Bonnie and, and Clyde. And the reason why is because when they were actually doing this, they were part of pop culture then because people were liking them. Yeah. Like they, they like these because what they did is they kind of did that give, you know, take from the rich, even though they, they weren't necessarily, they were kind of giving to the poor in a really roundabout way. I kind of got the impression that a lot of people, a lot of women really, really admired uh, Bonnie they Parker. Did. Yep. And I think it was just because she was representing for them this um, stand up for yourself. Sure. Anti anti-establishment i guess or and again you have two people that are young and good looking mm-hmm. you know they're easy i mean even at the end they give the stat but her her funeral was attended by more people than his funeral was yeah i think they said twenty thousand yeah. or 15 for him but, but that's crazy that's still a lot for yeah. either one of them but yeah i think just a lot of people really like that they stood up and, and fought back or whatever against society or that kind of thing but but they were evil people i mean they were oh. you can't you know you can't do this kind of thing no you can't you can't glamorize this. It is crazy when you when you you know if you think back to Bonnie Clatter and then this just kind of re- reignites your brain is is that thought process of and these people are gunning cops down yeah. for little to no reason. I mean, other than the fact that they're you know would get arrested if they didn't. Like that's we've killed people, but you're going to arrest us. We're going to kill you more, mm-hmm. and we're going to kill more of you. And and all these people are like just a complete disregard for society. Yeah. Um, in this movie, they depicted Bonnie and Clyde as much more heinous than I think they did in the original movie. Yeah. Because the original movie was about Bonnie and Clyde. It was told from their point of view, and I think they tried to glamorize it a little bit. They do show some of the, the killing in that movie. But yeah, this movie, they're just straight villains. Right. And which It, it almost makes it hard to... That's probably the one... And again, you don't need to tell their full story because everybody kind of knows it's yeah. been told. But that's the one thing that's missing is this movie, they're really set as villains. Yeah. 
And it almost makes it hard to believe why people would even, besides your point to the girl outlaw thing, um, I was even like, why would people like these people? I mean, they are straight murdering people left and right. But I think it's, it's just because... It's true, though, that people did. And yeah. <clears throat> I think people continue to like outlaws. I mean, sure. there's a there's number... There's a fascination for that type of stuff. Yeah. So... Yeah, they might have been a little bit of a fantasy for some people. Sure. I think back in the 40s, I mean, we, women didn't have as many rights as they have now. Right. You're so, post-Great Depression, pre-World, you know, getting just, I mean, you're getting World War II stuff. You know, it was, it was a weird time. So, yeah, so a lot of them probably had these kind of feelings of rebellion that they felt were, you know, they admired that uh, Bonnie Parker was acting them out. Yeah. These feelings that they probably had. So, right. so there's some of that. But, um, but yeah, this movie, they... They do show them as villains, which I thought was was good because I think I feel they are villains, and I don't like to see that kind of thing glamorized. So um, I enjoyed I enjoyed this film quite a bit. Um, yeah, it was a new take on the Bonnie and Clyde thing because all we had was the their their version of the story. This is from the, the Texas Rangers' point of view. It's almost I think we might have said this off mic. It's it's amazing it took this long for this movie. Well, I think. More people are probably interested in the other point of view. I don't know. This is uh, I, the second I heard it, I was like, "That's interesting to me." Hearing yeah. how the how the cops or cops, Texas Rangers and stuff, work their way into finding where they are, you know, because mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you, you you then it kind of takes you out of twenty nineteen, and you go, you have to go off what the people at the gas station are telling you, yeah. what the newspapers telling you. Yeah. If they'll tell you, because there's a lot of people that won't talk to them because they would rather see Bonnie and Clyde's keep going. They don't want the Texas Rangers to get them, you know. Uh-huh. So like the frustrate, I got like the, the there's a one there's one scene where uh, Harrelson and uh, Costner are, are on their tail, you know, and uh, they lose them, and then you know they're old. I mean, they they really allude to that a lot that these are retired Texas Rangers. Yep. Harrelson looks like he's dying in this movie. <laughs> he looks terrible. But it's totally for the part. I mean, he's he's a yeah. broken down man who's right. getting you know like 150 bucks a month for this job. It kind of makes it uh, kind of an underdog story. Really, these guys are they're past their prime. They're not as fast on their feet as they used to be. Yeah, their aim is a little off. But they are Texas Rangers, so they're pretty smart guys because yeah. that Texas Ranger program was a really really big deal. Yeah. Um. But uh. But they they have so they, yeah, so they they lose Bonnie and Clyde in this one part and they so they you know they're a little frustrated so and then overnight Bonnie and Clyde drive the whole night and then they realize the next morning that they drove four hundred and like some miles that night and they were like could you imagine that like you're there and then it just it's taken away because you're like we start now we have to find him again mm-hmm. so like you kind of had that feeling of him you know yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. You know, I, I sat in a. I sat in a car. I, I was on my way back from Branson this last weekend, and I downloaded it on my iPad, and I was watching it. And the two people in the car, who are, I would say, uh, very general movie watchers. One of them was, uh, I think, watches quite a bit of movies. So he is a. But the other guy, very broad. You know, he just goes with what's up. You know, he's not going to watch what he doesn't want to watch. He's just very, very. And uh, they were both. You know really impressed like i think they really liked it um for me it was one of the better netflix originals which isn't saying a whole lot but it is uh this one and the dirt are, are up there for are, me definitely I, I think i mean there's a few parts i mean i thought it, i mean 
It got a little long, even when I was sitting in a car. It it was a little long, and two hours and twelve minutes probably was, a little much, but yeah, it's fine. But I was actually thinking about that while watching it. That I felt that it moved pretty well. I thought so, and it, I thought it, I thought it stayed entertaining for that full length. Sure. Yeah, there was just a couple parts where I was like, "All right," I, I thought you know, and it always felt like whenever it kind of took that you know, movies. It doesn't matter how good a movie is, you know, even. Movies I like have parts where it you know slows a little bit. Mm-hmm. The movie did I thought a pretty good job at picking back up with something interesting again. Like you know I, I, I think it had a slow point where they, they kept they kept referring they kept going back to Bonnie and Clyde's hometown, and kind of like spying on the mom and just seeing what was up you know and everybody knew they were there like it's these people these two stick out like a mm-hmm. sore thumb you know, and uh, you know it it, it was they kind of went back to the town and it was like a little slow. And, it took them, you know, they showed Kevin Costner walking to this gas station that they keep walking by. And, you know, the camera followed him pretty much from the car to the gas station. Like, oh, my gosh, here go. But then that gas station scene's really interesting because you learn why the gas station was so important, you know. And um, and that kind of gets the ball rolling to the conclusion. Um, yeah, it's, well, you know, I, I, you know, there's parts I forget, too, is, you know, Bonnie and Clyde didn't really act alone. Right. You know, they're the two that get all the accolades. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they had an accomplice or two. Yeah. And that's kind of what led to their downfall, really, as the third accomplice. Because, you know, his family, I mean, it's a true story. It's pretty old. So everybody knows the ending of this movie. You mm-hmm. kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's the one who gives them up. You yeah. Know, and sets up the whole the whole intensity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, the other thing, it's a true story. So, you know, but in a movie where somebody literally says, put your hands up and that's it. And the second that doesn't happen, they just just because that's what Body Clyde gets shot. If you've never seen the original, it's not a spoiler. Everybody should know. Right. They pretty much the Texas Rangers and a few other guys come out of the woods. They say they give them like they two seconds up, to surrender. <laughs> they yeah they set up like a they they were on the side of the road. They knew they were going to be coming through this road because the guy had tipped them off, and they set it up and made it look like the car was broken down. Right. And it was the guy's dad, so yeah. that he knew they knew he would, they would stop for him. Yeah, because so they, he's we, used, he's let him use their house before. Like you know, he they stay they stay there. Yeah. So they stopped to help him, and then the, the police just unload. Yeah, and uh, and the you've probably seen the car just riddled with bullets. Yeah, it's a pretty it's pretty famous pop culture imagery is the yeah. car pictures. Um, but you know, it, it's like refreshing in a movie just to see. All right, you've killed a lot of people. You have two seconds. Do anything but put your hands up, and we're gonna just. And it's see how many movies does that? It, even I know I, I get it. Remember it's, them giving him the two seconds. He yeah. Coster does that. Well, they Coster says put your hands or come out or like surrender. Yeah, and they do like the you know of course they have to show Bonnie and Clyde looking they at each other. Of, yeah, they, and then they do the they, second. They where look the, at their guns like and then reach for them. The, their hands touch the guns. They don't even get them in the air. And I mean the bullets have already taken them completely out. In, in this, I wonder if if they put that little moment in the movie just for to, suspense, just to make. Uh, I have a firm belief the second. Well, just to make the Rangers not look as as bad. Oh yeah, because I I, I think they probably just mowed them down when they saw them. I'm sure they were. The second that guys. car got stopped, yeah. the Rangers jumped out of them woods and they probably unloaded. Yeah, they yeah. probably didn't even. They probably didn't even give them the opportunity. No, to surrender. they didn't. Um, but yeah, and then and then the, I, I thought the part that they really throw it at the end, which is a um, kind of a forgotten thing randomly in history. Um, is the, <laughs> when they tow the car through the city and the oh. bodies are in there. Because that was back <laughs> in the day when there was no, like almost no shame. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it made me think of, so we live in Menominee, Wisconsin, in northwest Wisconsin, and we had a bank robbery here, actually not too far away from where John's shop is here. And two of the 
uh, four bank robbers got killed and they're buried here in Menominee. And they, after they did the autopsy, you know, and had them in the morgue, they paraded their bodies down Main Street here. When was this? Uh, 31. And uh, so in 1931, crowds gathered to see the dead guys before they got buried. And it was, you know, because they, they were mad. So they deliber- they, you're saying they deliberately paraded them? or Yeah. And what do you think the point of that was? Just to let people know people what happens know. to you? Yeah. You, you don't have the news anymore. You don't have any other radio. And it's something that, you know, it's something big that happens in your town. I mean, it's the only big thing like that that happened in our 16,000 person town now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was kind of, that's the point. We were going to show these, you know, these bastards to you. This thing yeah. came to rock. And they killed a the guy, you know, they killed the bank manager. So they killed one of your own. Here they are. And there's pictures of it. And that that's all I thought about this. I'm like, this does happen. Like, mm-hmm. they could have threw they a tarp had, over the, the car. In the movie, they, they had people were grabbing at the car and grabbing at Just the bodies. Just crazy. Which I thought was kind of weird. I don't know. Did you think that really happened? They showed it at the in the credits. They showed the original film strip. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah? I, yeah. I mean, they showed that the film strip. crazy to me. People are crazy. <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, but then imagine this, like, I'm mad, I, I don't even know how to, because I, I at the end, you, you see that, it's just nuts that a woman, like, reaches through and, like, grabs Bonnie's face, her right. dead corpse with bullets, blood yeah. all, yeah. is, like, messing with them. Right. Because there's... Some, it was really creepy. It's creepy, but totally, totally happened back mm-hmm. then, you know, um, and it makes you think, like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think humans have changed that much, I'm sure if something like that happened today, and... It would be weird, but you know, there's some people out there that would that would think it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. People are crazy, mm-hmm. but yeah, I liked it a lot more too. I was actually surprised that uh, when I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, that it's only like fifty fifty between critics and audiences. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagine there's probably some that'll find it to be a kind of a slow. Oh, slow. I didn't think it was that slow though. No, for me it wasn't, and I thought it had a lot of tension in it. Actually, so audiences, it's like seventy five. So actually, yeah, audience that's, that's is pretty good. good. Yeah, I thought it had a lot of tension, a lot of suspense, a lot of yeah, a little bit of action. You know, the opening sequence was great. There's kind of a prison break sequence. Yeah, a lot of good tension in that sequence. Um, I thought it was I thought it was well done, and I thought it, it moved really well, and I really liked it. I did too. It's the kind of thing that I would like, though. The, you know, I like crime dramas and. I like that this was set, you know, it's set back in the 40s, so you get the old cars and the old Tommy guns yeah. and all that kind of stuff. The old police uniforms. If you like that kind of historical stuff, it, I mean, this for me, it was a lot of appealing stuff here. So I really And I like Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, we, there's a lot here I think both of us like. Yeah. Um, you know, if that, if that openly does not sound like your thing, that this is not a movie for you, but right. I think there's a lot of people that, that are up. That like it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, you should watch it. It's on Netflix. Watch it right now. Yeah. What else did you see? Uh, there's another Netflix film, and it's called Unicorn Store. Oh, I just added that to my list, so I'm wondering if we Go should... Go ahead and take it right off of that. Uh, it's Brie Larson, right? Uh, Brie Larson stars in it, and it's also her directing debut. She didn't write it, though. It's just yeah. a script that she... Because this was a movie that I'm pretty sure was done a couple of years ago, and it just got picked up, which oh, usually... her star power is on their ass. I think so, because I when I looked this movie up, I saw a 2016, early 2017 release date originally on it. Okay. So that also kind of set me back. I went, I wonder why this got picked up. And I went, is it because she's a star? Yeah. You know? It okay. Um, it's it's the, basically the premise of this film is she is a girl who 
wants to be an artist, but her, you know, art hasn't been really accepted by many. So she ends up in a corporate world working a job where she sells or advertises, I guess, um, vacuum cleaners. So, you know, very much not what she would like to be doing. She should just paint up the vacuums. She can do both. Oh, oh please tell me she paints a vacuum. There's one sequence in, in the movie that I actually do enjoy. And if you, want, if you do want to just get the best part of the movie, just fast forward to there's a boardroom scene where she comes in dressed in this ridiculous outfit. She looks like a Christmas tree or something. And she, she, she's taken and, you know, done up the vacuum with, uh, she's bedazzled it and whatnot. And she's throwing glitter around the room and, um, you know, basically making a mess, but she's really into it. I mean, she's really giving it her all. You know, the good thing about this, she has a vacuum to clean it all up. Does she clean it up with the vacuum? No, the scene ends. Oh before my we gosh! Get to that Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> the cut back. She's plugging in and just vacuuming <laughs> off the table. And the, well, the humor in the scene comes from the fact that she's following somebody else's presentation where they had a sexy model, and no one's really interested in her presentation at all. They keep wanting to know more about the sexy model presentation. Anyway, it's it's kind of a funny scene, and it's probably the only entertaining scene in the whole movie, at least for me. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is in it. He plays. This wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson are in the movie that's coming out because of her star power that her and Samuel Jackson yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in there. That's just too can't make that up. Basically what happens is she while she's at work, she gets this letter. Uh, it's like a greeting card or whatever, and it invites her down to this place called the Unicorn Store. And she goes down there and she meets Samuel L. Jackson and he's like this magical character that wears a pink suit because it's the whole movie is supposed to be kind of a quirky comedy. Sure. So you put Samuel L. Jackson in a pink suit. He's got some tinsel in his hair. Cause I guess that qualifies as quirkiness <laughs> or whatever. Um, AK, that's all Samuel Jackson would allow. They're like Samuel. <laughs> we have all these ideas. He's like, no tinsel. That's all I got. It's like, nobody's going to watch this movie anyway, but that's as much as I'm doing. There's like a couple strands of tinsel. There's, he's got the pink suit and he kind of acts kind of goofy or whatever. And he's like this magic man that um, runs this unicorn store. And he can sell you whatever you want. And what she really wants is a unicorn. So he promises her a unicorn. And he's telling her that her unicorn is coming. And um, it's basically, I guess it's kind of a film about believing in your dreams, even if your dreams are to own a unicorn or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an offbeat comedy, which... I feel like a lot of independent comedies are offbeat comedies. It's, it's like it's really the thing the last few years. It's right? the thing now. It's like everything is offbeat now. That's like it's the new beat, really. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's most of it for me wasn't very funny. Sure. It, it felt like just a. It felt like an effort to do that kind of film, but it felt very lifeless to me. Like I said, like putting Samuel Jackson in a pink suit with some tinsel. We're supposed to feel oh that's that's funny I guess or quirky or something, but it, to me it just felt like well. That's different than normal, so therefore it qualifies as something. I, 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 there was nothing here for me. Right. It just, I just didn't, I didn't find I, anything. I equate these type of movies, this indie quirky comedy, to like indie horror that used to be a thing where you knew they were mostly bad. Yeah, but they were coming out like crazy because it was easy. These movies come out a lot when they first started, which I would say was around the time like Napoleon Dynamite came out. That yeah, that didn't help. 
Well, I, I like Napoleon Dynamite, but see, that was the first of its kind, for, at least for me. Sure. And But now there's been a thousand of them. So many. So it's like, I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, every year I, I, I throw a few, like, because again, there's so many movies I put on my movie list that I, I read about for a second, and I just, I forget. And a few months later, I'm like, oh, there it is. I wrote this down, so, and then I get 20 minutes out, I'm like, oh, it's it's this, it's quirky, indie comedy. And it, for yeah. some odd reason, they always have a one decent actor in it though and like that's like half their sell point yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean if you get like michael Sarah or somebody like that um but for this one for me this one is pretty lifeless and i do enjoy those type of films i really enjoyed napoleon dynamite um scott pilgrim versus the world i mean i don't know there's a bunch of them out there um i know i talked to you about one a few months back that was on netflix called like girlfriend's day or something where they oh yeah where the reason that yeah it had uh, bob odenkirk and he had it was so, so funny he was a, a a guy that does greeting cards and he came up with a new holiday called girlfriend's day very funny movie now, i like a good offbeat quirky comedy but it has to be quirky and funny and funny and this can't one, just be quirky this one this one felt like an amateur effort i i didn't care for it sure yeah. Oh, didn't you? I, <laughs> no. I thought this was a four-star thumbs-up review. No. <laughs> no. I, I felt it was just lifeless. Waste of time. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, good. Well, then I don't have to watch it then. Because I did add it to my list. But. I also want to say that I think Brie Larson is not a very good actress. I never felt this way before um, until seeing this film. Um, I, I actually liked her in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, me too. Um, she plays kind of a... Uh, uh, I'm not going to, lifeless is the wrong word, but she plays kind of a stoic character. And I thought she was good in that role, but I've seen her now in a couple other films. I've seen her as Captain Marvel. And now I've seen her in unicorn store and in, in unicorn store. She's supposed to be a very happy go lucky kind of character. Right. But the whole time I felt that's like not, she, that's not her. No. And I could see it while watching the it's, film. It was, it felt very forced. It was yeah. her trying to portray a very happy go lucky character, quirky outgoing character but I saw the Brie Larson stoicness in there the whole time. Right. And I think that's, you know, in the couple movies that I know that I, what I like her in is, is what, I, is what she does is there's this movie came out, an indie movie about five years called short term 12. And she is a, she kind of runs a youth, um, uh, like, uh, what do you want to call it? Not a camp, but like a, a house where, you know, troubled teens live cause they're, their family life. So this is kind of like their, their in between house of, future you know uh maybe adoption or something and uh that was like her first like good indie movie that's a really good movie and she's pretty stoic in that you know she gets she's very you know she comes to work she she loves the kids but she doesn't like out you know doesn't do the mainstream movie thing where they're like you know she's just like wants them to succeed but she also understands that the job sucks you know so like i love that I mean, that's a great movie and then uh you know she did that movie room which i think anybody could have done mm -hmm you know, that, you know, she won an Academy Award for that. And I was like, I don't know. I think any actress with half decent acting skills could look like she's been stuck in a room for months and, you know, that was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, well, even like people got really high on her in Trainwreck when she was Amy Schumer's sister in that. Oh, right. You know, she's, she's like, like, oh, she's that. funny. I'm like, well, she only had like three lines yeah, and they were just funny small, lines. I forgot she was even in that movie. Right. Yeah. I remember that was a big deal. Like, oh, Brie Larson's funny. I'm like, well, it's funny because she's not, she hasn't done this mm -hmm. and now she's doing it and she only has like three or four lines. So sure. 
it's yeah. funny, you know, in a movie that was funny. So, yeah. Okay. That's, uh, did, were you, did you, were you segueing to another movie there before uh, we no. got switched around? No, just that one. Okay. Well, the, the other movie I'll talk about quick was, uh, uh, oh, geez, the, the, the title's long, so I don't want to butcher which word comes first, is The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, mm-hmm. which was Sam Elliott's uh, little movie that came out this year. True story. Yeah. <laughs> that was such low-hanging fruit. I shouldn't have laughed at that. You should see John's grin. Because <laughs> he's even like, that was a bad joke, but it was funny at the same time. Um, and, uh, you know, John and I were texting about watching this, and we were both like, we probably don't need to, but I did have some time. I, I was planning to see it. I it, It's another kind of a quirky, offbeat film. I mean, you could tell just from the title. It is. What turned me off, though, was the, the scores it's getting. The scores it's getting are good. and uh, Aren't good. Uh, they're not. And... Uh, yeah, what sold me on, obviously, was the title. Sam Elliott's good. So really, the story you get here, and there's nothing to spoil here, because literally the title is the movie. Mm-hmm. It's Sam Elliott, it starts off with him young, and it shows how he kills Hitler. Yep. And it cuts to him as the person he is now. He's Sam Elliott, because he can only play Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott is great at that he's, role. He's... He always plays this kind of grizzled old man. Dude, his voice and his uh, yeah. You might know him as the narrator in uh, The Big Lebowski. Sure. He and you know if, if you know Stars Born last year helped kind of boost him a little bit because he got a he was easily the best. I mean, Bradley Cooper's really good in that. The couple scenes he's got is Bradley Cooper's older brother trying to keep him from being a drunk alcoholic musician. There's like two scenes where uh, uh, Samuel, you're like, God, you're you're really good at that. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. And he, that's what, that's what he can do. And that's Tombstone is another thing I think about in it. Um, you know, so that's what he is. So then it's about his life now. You know, he's the old, you know, he's Sam Elliott. He goes to the bar. They know his name. He drinks. He, he can't get out of his mind how he killed Hitler, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Hitler part's quick. I mean, they just show a couple flashbacks and boom, he kills Hitler. And like, that's kind of it. So then you have this hour of Sam Elliott as Sam Elliott. And you're like, nothing is happening. You're just seeing this guy they live. They start to tease the Bigfoot. They don't. Out of nowhere, two guys knock on his door, one played by Ron Livingston from Off Space. And uh, they're like, we're the FBI. They sit him at his table like, we know who you are. Because he, you know, he doesn't want anybody to know who he is. You know, we know your file. It's the same thing. And they tell, and they, you know, they have the big discussion at the table. So, uh, Bigfoot is real. And it's carrying diseases that can kill everything on Earth. That's why they want Bigfoot dead. And only only he can do it. Of course. And he's old. He's he's <laughs> old in real life. So that's the hard part that you can't jump. So then you get the 20 minutes you want, which is Sam Elliott in the woods tracking down Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And that is quirky and funny and fun. But the hour... 20 you have to lead up to it even the hitler stuff's not that it's not that interesting i mean he makes a gun out of like a flask and stuff that he carries it's fine Mm -hmm. it's like you almost want a short film where it just starts with the table explaining who this guy is Mm -hmm. and then the 15 minutes he kills he goes after bigfoot yeah and that's fun it's just the rest is not fun it's long it's it's not it's just not that you know it's not that interesting and there's nothing there besides a fun title that's telling you what you're going to get. But man, I will tell you that 15 minutes of, uh, and the Bigfoot's well 
Sun, sure, it's an indie movie, so it's just a guy in a Bigfoot suit. And <laughs> but, I mean, there's a part where Sam Elliott, like, almost falls off a cliff, holds on and climbs up. The dude is, like, 75, and, I mean, I watched The Lone Run and The Last Rambo and Rocky, and I go, oof. You want to watch Sam Elliott run through the woods and he looks like he's barely moving? There's no way Bigfoot can't outrun this man, you know, even with a gun. So, it's, eh, there's no reason to watch this. Or if you do, literally wait till it's on Netflix, skip all the way to the last 15 minutes. Because that's all you need. You know, it's it's because it's so ridiculous, right? Sam Elliott versus Bigfoot. Here's 15 minutes of it. I'd watch that. Don't watch an hour and 50 minutes of it. So I maybe made it sound a little more interesting than it was because it's really not. It's pretty boring. So sadly, but there's another comedian that was in that movie. Um, Larry. Um, I can't think of his name now. I was, was going to ask who, who he plays. Larry Miller. Larry Miller. What he plays that? Ed. He must be the bartender. That's all he played. Dude, there's nobody in this. It's Sam Elliott almost the whole time. All right. Yeah. I don't know Larry Miller off the top of my head. He's all right. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, he is, um, uh, he's his brother. He's his brother. What's his significance to the film? Um, that he knows that, uh, he know he's like the only person that knows what his brother's done. Okay. And, you know, has the couple, he's the emotional backdrop. That's what he is. He's there for the the humor. No. Oh, no, 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 no. They're bringing Larry Miller and he's not doing anything no, funny. No, he's, gosh, and he looks old now. I haven't seen him in something in a while. Mm-hmm. Whew. He looks worse than Sam Elliott. But yeah, no, he's the emotional backdrop. Because you have to, you know, care about Sam Elliott for something. Mm-hmm. And his brother is the only person left in his life. And his brother's the only person that knows who he is or what he's going to, and his, he knows that. There's even a part where him and his brother had this weird conversation. You don't know he's his brother till later in the movie, so that's like a revelation. But again, at that point, it's fine. I mean, there's only six people in this movie, plus Bigfoot and Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. I was gonna, I, I was gonna send you a message and be like, "Hey, you should watch this." Because it took me like a day or two to watch it after I got it. But I was like, "Ah, oh, Johnny can watch it, so it's fine." I was telling about it. I I wanted to like it. I wanted, you know, but the scores were so low that I it's low. It turned me off of it. It's I mean, slow. That's why. It's not like something I would normally enjoy. I like those kind of quirky films. You might, you know, it, you might. Uh, there is stuff here. I mean, I I didn't I didn't hate it, but nothing there. No, nah, I'm sure I'll find something better to watch. Then. Yeah, I could see it being that movie where two years down the road Netflix or something throws it on. Yeah, and you're just so bored, like. And then you might get so bored again and shut it off. Or you'll do what I said. You'll be like, I remember when Dustin said to just skip to the last 15 minutes. So. Mm-hmm. And then you put uh, Unicorn Store on and you skip to the, skip to the boardroom, the boardroom scene. scene. Yeah. So, um, is that, did you watch anything else? That was uh, that was it for me this this last week. Um, that was it. Yeah. So Anything worth, that's good worth mentioning. I think... Uh, I know this month, I think we said it said it last week, but this month, pretty big, pretty big month, I think. Hellboy is this next week, so that'll probably yeah. be the big review. And then, uh, is there one more week between Endgame? There, yeah, I mean, two weeks after Hellboy, we got Avengers Endgame. Isn't there? There's another big movie between there, though, isn't there? It's uh, uh, not that I know of. But then we got Detective Pikachu. After that, oh, I, I don't mean, know if I can. Uh, 
I'll review it alone, then. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go to the theater or watch Detective Pikachu. They're getting a Detective Pikachu review from me. That's fine. I, I hope they do. I hope it's a good review, too. It looks pretty good. It, I will admit. You know, the reason... It's my nostalgia factor. I uh, I was huge into the original 150. That's what... Yeah, you're going to get... And that's what it looks like. Yeah. I, I think, might go see it. You think that lion looked real in uh, Lion King, the remake? Uh, how about that... Uh, that uh, Charizard in this one, huh? <laughs> I want Charizard. I want Mewtwo. Yeah. I want Abracadabra and Alakazam. Yeah, you should be getting them. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. uh, that's it. You know, I I I might see it with you. I might because if it brings all that memories back, because I didn't know it'd be pulling teeth to get you to come see Detective Pikachu. It looks awesome. Uh, it might be pulling. I don't know if it's pulling teeth, but it's it's close. At least going to the dentist in general. Ryan Reynolds plays Pikachu. It's fine. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' voice is not going to make them out sell the movie to me, but uh, we'll see. You know, it's you know I've said that to you before on this podcast that I make you watch stuff once in a while too, just to do it. So I'll see it if we have to talk about it. Either way, either way. So yeah, so that's pretty much so it this a, week. Yeah, we got a few good ones coming up, but uh, yeah, this week if you're going to the theater, see see Shazam. Sounds like it. Don't miss it. Even if you don't know what it is, check it out. You'll come out a Shazam fan. And if you're home and you're watching Netflix, Bonnie, uh, what is it? Bonnie and Clyde. Highwayman. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Bonnie and Clyde, go to it your is on. No, it's on Netflix. Did they put it on Netflix? They put it on there. Nice. They're Good both, for them. They're both on there right now, so check them both Sweet. out. Sweet. If I would have known that, I would have watched Bonnie and Clyde first. Yeah. Just to refresh, because it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, good. There's actually, we got some good stuff for you to watch this week. That's right. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Yep. Thanks for listening. Blue.